Welcome to another Regeneration Podcast. talk about obedience to our parents. And I wanted to touch on this topic because I had a situation take place this week uh, with an individual who basically the parent was kind of distraught based on what had happened. Uh, some things were going on within this family and uh, the mother was she, was, she was, she was really kind of hurt by it. And I thought, you know, I thought to myself, I said, how many times do young people not realize the value they have in their parents, be it their mom, their dad, if they live with their mom or their dad separately, or they live with them together, or the grandparents or guardian. How many times do they not understand the real value that lays inside these individuals and what these individuals sacrifice for them? You know, he said it best, and I thought it was great because he is your age, and it wouldn't be like necessarily me up there talking. We could really end it right there because he said it best. He said, listen, he said, a lot of it's immaturity. And it is. And as parents, we know that. I'm ringing a little bit so you can take me down some. Uh, as, as parents, we understand that. We know that. And that's why we tend to overlook it. It's not that we overlook it to say that you can do whatever you want to do. It's that we understand where you're at because we've been where you're at. And so since we've been where you're at, we can connect with you better. I tell my kids all the time, we had a situation in our home this past, uh, this past week, and of course, as you all know, Sister Mel and Nikki, Nikki, my wife, and the girls are down there, and Charisma, she's only eight years old, but she had a situation where her, who she assumes to be her best friend, had a birthday party and didn't invite her to the birthday party. So she was hurt. She was devastated. She was like, told her mom, like, hey, you know, I don't get it. But I told my wife, I said, this is a great opportunity for her to learn the value in relationships. I said, and also how to deal with conflict resolution. I said, so you need to go over there with Charisma, have Charisma sit down with the young lady. Her name is Gabby. Okay, she's over there with Gabby. Some of y'all smirking, y'all laughing because, all right. And Gabby pretty much, you know, told her. Yeah, you know, I'm having a birthday party, but you're not really invited. Now, this is supposed to be her... According to Charisma's perspective, it's supposed to be her best friend, all right? But obviously, Gabby sees different in this relationship. She sees the relationship different, and she views it differently. And so I told my wife, I said, take her over there. I said, don't have her talk to this girl by herself because it's going to obviously escalate. But have this girl's mother come out, talk to Kathy, tell Kathy, you know, based on my opinion, Gabby and Charisma need to have a conversation and let them process through it and deal with it. Even if Gabby says, well, Charisma, I love you, I like you, or whatever, you're my friend, but you're not my best friend. I said, it needs to be dealt with in a manner that she can grow from it. We can't just sweep it under the rug and act like, you know, well, you just need to be mad at her. Because, you know, my wife is like, she like me, you know. I'm like, nah. She like you in certain things, but she's a lot like me in her personality. And I know her. She won't, she won't rest. She won't go to bed. She'll sit up all night trying to figure out what have I done wrong to make Gabby not like me. Right? So, so understanding that as parents, we have to do certain things. We have to address certain issues that 
will help you all grow and mature and develop. All right. So we're going to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day and just pray and ask to God that you would just be with these young minds, that you would open them up. And expand them, dear God. Help them to receive the information, dear God, that is in your word, dear God, and the information that you've given to your, to your minister up here, dear God, your servant. I'm here to serve these young people, dear God, and help them grow closer to you and fall more in love with who you are and what you represent. And what you represent to them, dear God, is a prosperous life, not just financially, but spiritually, mentally, physically, and all of the above. You want them to succeed. So I pray and ask to God that you'd help them to have open hearts and open ears to receive. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Everybody say it. Look at your notes. Reverence verse, Luke 15, 11 through 32. This is Jesus talking. He's telling a situation. I want you to pay close attention to this story because it's here to help you with your relationship with your parents, okay? To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father... I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants had food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with his love. In compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. I'm going to skip over my comments because we already talked about Khan and we saw what Khan was saying. What Khan said was actually great because it basically illuminates this information that we're going to talk about. The prodigal son was impatient. He was not ready to receive his inheritance. But because of his immaturity, he had a temper tantrum like a three-year-old child. We see that in verse 12. And why is that so important? Because sometimes we think things should go our way, and that's not real life. That's not real life. In real life, things are not going to always go your way. 
This man, the father, was extremely wealthy. Now I want you to think with me for a second. How did he become wealthy? He worked. He worked very hard to get to that point, which means not only did he have a good work ethic, but he must have had a good business sense. Would you not agree? Right? Okay. He had a good business sense. And if he had a good business sense, that means he probably had common sense. And if he had common sense, he knew what was going to be best for his sons. Okay. He knew what was going to be best for his children. All right. He didn't need his neighbor to tell him, well, you know, if you do this or you do that, your son. Now, he may have taken some advice from other individuals, but as the father, he knew. You have to understand your parents know what's best for you, even when you don't understand it. OK, even when you don't get it as parents, they have a seriously sole responsibility to God okay, to heaven, in which they have to uphold, uphold a certain position as stewards over you, all right? A steward is an individual that manages. So they manage your life while you're under their covering, while you're under their roof. They manage your life. They watch out for your life. They make sure that you are taken care of to the best of their ability. Now, maybe your parents aren't as wealthy as this young man's father, but they're working hard to keep food on the table. How many of y'all eat every single night? Right? Okay. All right, I ain't see no hands down. Okay, thank God for that. All right, how many of y'all got clothes on right now? Now, you may not have the latest and greatest clothing, and you may say, you might not even raise your hand when I said that, you may say, well, I ain't got no, okay, listen, that's not important. If you want that, go get a job. Look at your neighbor and say, go get a job. Look at your name and say, go get a job and go buy it. It's not that difficult. It really isn't. Well, minister, I'm only, I'm only 13. I'm only 14. Let me tell you something. I got three sons. I tell you guys this all the time. I got three sons. I used to make them do yard work just to begin to instill in them the discipline of working. I didn't get it. I thought you was just being mean and stuff. I thought you was making us clean the same stuff every single weekend in the backyard. Just to be mean. I said, no, nah, dude. I said, let me ask you something. I said, when you was in my house drinking my juice packs, who bought those juice packs? Well, you. So why do you think you can just drink my juice packs? Right? I'm like, you can't assume that just just gives you free. Now, the younger brother, ever since he was little, had a work ethic that I developed in him from the time he was three years old. To the point that when he hit five years old, one day he was vacuuming. Christmas was over with, now the little pines fall off the tree, and he's vacuuming. And as he's vacuuming, everybody's like, oh, Joshua, you're doing such a good job. You're such a hard worker. And that instilled a sense of confidence in him to work. I knew, oh, I got a worker here. This boy right here will be a millionaire. He'll be a millionaire at a young age. Why would he be a millionaire? Because he had common sense. He was wise enough to understand business that when he turned 10 years old, where a lot of people who are 13, 14, 15, 16 don't want to get jobs, you know what he was doing? Running around the neighborhood, cutting people's grass. Do, 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 do. Excuse me, um, I was wondering if I could cut your grass. Well, sure, young man. Yeah, I'm trying to just, you know, save some money up for whatever. Oh, okay. That's great. Let me tell you something about the world. 
The world loves hardworking people. The world, let me say it again. The world loves hardworking people. The Bible says that the sluggard is so lazy that he won't even reach over to get the fork to pick up to put the food in his mouth. You don't want to be that person that don't want to take care of yourself. Because that's really what it's saying. They're so lazy they don't want to take care of themselves. You don't want to be that person. So when you see your parents pushing you to do well in school, they're not pushing you to be mean. Well, I don't get it. It's too hard. That's the wrong answer. Study harder. Ask your mom, you know what? I'm really having a hard time comprehending this. Can maybe we get a tutor? Can maybe somebody help me? Do you know anybody? If we don't have anybody that can maybe help me. Can I call up here to the church and maybe ask Minister Mayo, because he's connected with a lot of people. Maybe he can get somebody to help me. No excuses. Excuses are unacceptable. All right? And this young man just wanted a free handout. And his dad was like, well, you know. But the dad ended up giving it to him just to teach him a valuable lesson. Because the dad knew what he was going to do because he was too young to handle it. How many times have we seen people who are wealthy, young people who are wealthy, and they blow their money? How many times have we seen that? You know, I think other times I've seen people that I know who were young who had a whole bunch of money and they blew it. And now they ain't got nothing. And now they my age. And they ain't got a pot to pee in. Now, you got to use some common sense, and that's, what, that's what's going on here. Okay? Proverbs 1, 8 through 9 says, My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you. What is a crown? What's a crown? What is it usually made out of? Gold. Yes. Right. Precious jewelry. Expensive. Okay? It will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor. This is a description of a king or a queen. When you see a king or a queen, they exemplify royalty and they command it. They command it. So when you see them walking with them gold chains and them diamond studded crowns, you're like, oh, snap. Right? Because you're like, this is serious. And that's what they're saying here. Take your parents' words seriously. It's a crown on your head. It's a gold chain wrapped around you. And you wear it with pride. Not in an arrogant way, but pride in a way to say, my parents raised me right. And people around you see your parents raised you right. And they say, that's a good young person right there. Amen? Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be all right. Yeah. All right? Don't grow weary. Listen, listen. Don't grow weary with your parents. Learn to have patience with them. It will come a day when it's your turn to be a parent and you reap what you've sown. I know way too many young people, man, who, who just mad, disrespectful to their parents. And I just shake my head because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm thinking myself, does people understand that you reap what you sow is not just a saying, it's a true statement. And part of the reason why it's a true statement is because, because here's why it really is part of a true statement. If you don't know how to do anything any better, then what's going to happen when you have your own kids? You're going to do the same thing. You're not going to know how to do any better. Right? You're not going to, now you can say, I'm going to beat him. Well, you heard what he just said. That's out the box now. That's done. You can't put your hands on your kids no more like that. You can't put your hands on your kids like that no more. You can't do it. 
And this is what he's trying to drive here home. He's saying, listen, he's saying, listen, pay attention to what your parents are saying. Follow their leading and their direction. You're going to be all right. But you have to also understand your parents are human and they're going to make mistakes. And when they make mistakes, don't beat them up for it. Point two, the prodigal son was uncovered and unprotected from his father's godly wisdom and concern for his well-being. Verses 13 through 19 pretty much explain that. He's uncovered. He's unprotected. He doesn't have a protection. He doesn't have a covering anymore. They watch over you. So young ladies, when that nasty boy want to come over your house when your mom and dad ain't there, <laughs> when your mom ain't there, or your dad ain't there, they want to come over to your house. What you say? Tell them, Alicia. What you say? Well, Alicia, it ain't happening, is it, Alicia? It ain't happening, is it, Alicia? It ain't happening. Young men, listen to me. Listen to me, young men. This is what I'm telling y'all. Them nasty girls will get ya. They'll burn you up. And the, and the ones you think that ain't nasty. I went to private school all my life. And let me tell you something. Some of the nastiest girls I knew was girls inside Christian private school. All right? So, your parents protect you. And I got y'all amps. So as I said, it's about six. Everybody, oh, my goodness. All right, listen. Listen, but your parents are there to protect you. They're there to cover you with their godly wisdom, especially for those of us that have Christian parents. Now, listen, even if you ain't got a Christian parent, understand this. The Bible clearly says this. Obey your parents, and this is a promise. This is the only promise to you guys as children. Obey your parents and your life will be long. Look at your neighbor and say, you want a long life? You want a prosperous life? Obey your parents. All right? Okay, listen to this. It says, the wise sayings from Horace, the Roman poet, says this. Rule your mind or it will rule you. This is what Horace, I love what he says. He says, rule your mind or your mind will rule you. In other words, you have to take control of these situations. All right? Yeah, you want to do some crazy stuff. You want to go to the wild parties. Man, you better learn how to control yourself. Learn how to rule your mind. Yeah. You want to drink. You want to smoke. You want to get high off, off, off of Molly's or whatever the new thing is. Weed, I don't know. There's so much stuff out there now, man, I can't even keep up with it. Man, when I was growing up, we just had one thing and one thing only. Well, that's not true. We had three things. <laughs> that's another story. But anyway, though, listen. Learn to rule your mind. Learn to have confidence in the God in you. All of you guys have the God in you, whether you're saved or not saved. Let me explain something to you what I mean by that. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior into your heart, then yes, you are guaranteed to go to heaven. But understand this, though. The Bible says we are all made in the image of who? So if you're made in the image of God, you have the God being, the God man in you. You just have to have an open heart to receive him into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior. You just have to have that. You have to decide that. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to wake up and realize that he can help you. He's going to put the Holy Spirit in you and he's going to guide and lead and direct your steps when you accept him. Your lack of understanding, pay attention to this one, your lack of understanding doesn't dictate to your parents a lack of love for you. 
your lack of understanding doesn't dictate to your parents a lack of love for you. They love you because they can see the bigger picture. As parents, we look at the bigger picture. So we're telling you, man, I need you to do good in school, baby. Come on, stay focused. Come on, man, stay focused. Your dad said, you gotta stay focused. Or your grandparents, whatever, guardian, whoever. Man, I need you to stay focused because let me tell you something. This world is ever changing and it's getting harder and harder. Let me explain something to y'all. When our parents was growing up, my parents, they had pensions, 401ks, they had, you name it, they had stuff that we can't even imagine. When I got to be where I'm at now, all that we gotta come up with ourselves. And they're saying that we'll probably be the last generation to get social security. Now I'm paying into the social system, but I'm gonna probably get partially of what is available there. Now is that fair? No. Now guess what's gonna happen to you? You're not getting no social security. You have to learn the value of what your parents are saying so they can help you succeed. Because if you succeed, you won't have to worry about none of that. You won't have to worry about it. See, you already got God on your side. You just have to exercise the biblical principles he's giving you and given us to exercise. And if you choose to do that, then you will win. It's when we refuse to do it, it's when we lose, guys. All right. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. You're gonna, you know what, guys? Have you ever tried to go some? Have you, has anybody ever tried to draw a straight line? Yes. Tired, ain't it? Yes. Free hand? Yes. That's how your life is, the same way. Just have your life the same way. Eventually, you kind of steer, but as long as you listen to what I'm telling you, you take what your parents are saying to you, and you follow biblical principles, you're going to get back on track. It's just like drawing a straight line. Whoa, whoa. And that's how your life is. Life's the same way. All right? You must remember that your parents are righteous people and know that even though you fall short, they are there to pick you up and put you in good graces with them and God. And that's what the prodigal son's father did. When he saw a son from a distance, he said, you know what? He said, that's my son. Now his son had an ideal of, I'm just going to be a servant because at, at least I can eat. The father was like, no, 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 you're my son. Yeah, you made mistakes. I've made mistakes. But you're still my son. And as my son, with, your, with my blood running through your veins, you carry my name. And this is why the father gave him the signet ring. It wasn't just a ring. It says a ring. But what it was, it was a signet ring. It was the family emblem. It was the family's name. He put him back in good graces with the family. You carry your parents' name. So, yes, you're going to make mistakes, but you're always in good graces because you carry your parents' name. Whatever your last name is, that is your signet name. That's your signet ring on you as an individual, and you wear that proudly because it is something to be proud about, especially when you're living right for God. The prodigal son humbled himself, and because he was willing to put his pride down, his father was able to help him. How many of y'all want to have help? How many of y'all want to be helped in here? How many of y'all want to be helped in here? Seriously, I mean, all kidding aside, this is a serious question. Who want to be helped in here? If you don't want to be helped, keep your hand down. But if you really want to succeed in life and you want to be helped by your parents and by godly people around you, keep your hand up. Listen to what it says here. Listen to what Proverbs 11 and 2 says. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. If you take what I'm telling you guys today and you apply it to your lives, man, and you leave out of here and you tell your mom, your dad, your grandmother, your guardian, whoever, man, you know what? I appreciate you. I really love you. 
He said it best. He said, tell your parents you love them and mean it. Hey, what do you need me to do when I get home? Hey, you know what? What can I ask them questions? Some of you guys have to learn how to put your pride down and humble yourselves before your parents, before godly leadership. Don't do like the young man did that picked the, bot, picked the security guard up and slammed him into the ground. The prodigal son was a walking dead man. It was just a matter of time. But if you humble yourselves like him, you too will have success. And because your parents are here to help you succeed, you will succeed. Because that's their job, is to help you succeed. I want you guys to understand something. Success is all over you guys. I don't say that lightly. I say that genuinely, seriously. Success is all over you. You guys have success all over y'all. I'm serious. I'm dead serious when I say that. You have success all over you right now. The fact that you guys make a conscious effort to draw closer to God speaks volumes. Even if you're not walking with Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, the fact that you're here trying to get some information tells me a lot about who you are as an individual, that you want better. And that's a great thing. And that's an awesome thing. But understand, to want and to do is two totally different things. And you can't just want it. You have to do it. Yeah. 